Can I say happy Father's Day to all the men on this day? Pray that you are having a great day, and we do just want to salute you and commend you and honour you. We gave out those three Rad Dad Awards, but in my eyes, you are all incredible Rad Dads, and, uh, you know, we just, uh, we celebrate with you. And we also, on this day, we do just, uh, we do uh, share a prayer and a thought for those of you that this might be a difficult day, that maybe uh, your father has passed uh, from this earth, and, uh, or there could be some other circumstances, making this a little bit of a, a hard day. Our prayers are with you also, that you'd feel the, the love and the comfort from the father on this day. And uh, I received a few little things at home this morning, and uh, my family gave me a card, and uh, it started good when I read, Dad, today you rule. I'm like, yeah, I do. And then I opened it, and I read this, but tomorrow, Mum's back in charge, happy Father's Day. (laughs) From the high of the highs to the low of the lows. And then I'm not sure if this is even worse, but then my my nine-year-old daughter, Sienna, starts writing her bit, and... There's this this joke in our family. It goes on, dear dad, this cart, today uh, will not lie, today you will rule. And then it says, happy 40th birthday with a big cross through it. There's this joke in my family, I'm not 40, but for the last three years, it's like every time I open a card, that all I'm getting is reminders that it's on my doorstep. But uh, thank goodness around those two areas, there were some nice things on my little uh, Father's Day card. I think I'll just... Maybe I'll rip it in half and I'll throw out the bit that says, tomorrow mum's back in charge and I'll just go and put the front on the fridge at home. But uh, we pray that you, uh, you had some wonderful things happen. And uh, can I just give a bit of a shout out uh, after, as we mentioned before, we've got this healing service today and I just know God's in the business of healing and restoring things. And, uh, you know, about three months ago, I was in that healing service. My little five-year-old boy, he loves it, doesn't he? He's... Most months, he's like, Dad, take me to the healing service. And I was thinking just this morning, about four months ago, he went down the front for prayer in this service because he kept calling us into his room late at night, kind of saying, oh, I think there's something in the room. And he kept saying this a number of times. And he went down the front and he asked for prayer over that thing. This is a five-year-old boy. And I said to him this morning, he said, Jesse, I don't think you've caught us in once since you went forward for prayer in that meeting. How good is that? How good is God? Give God praise. And then three months ago, I'm in the meeting with him. We're sitting, not even on a chair, we're sitting on the floor at the back of the place. And uh, I'm kind of entertaining Jesse because he wanted to go, uh, I think, forward for some prayer over some, some breathing things. And I'm sitting there at the back of the room just kind of entertaining him. Sometimes we sit down the front and then this day, Leon's leading the service, and he says, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to start praying for people, but I feel like God's told me to pray for someone with an issue with their left ear. And I'm sitting at the back of the healing service, there for my son, but for the last many, many months, i had been struggling with a condition called swimmer's ear, where I go surfing and water gets stuck in my ear, then it like gets contaminated or something, and it causes me all sorts of grief. It used to keep me up at night. It wasn't a life and death situation, but it was slightly annoying and slightly frustrating. I'd actually gone to the point where my doctor had said there's some drops you can get. So then I'd have to come out of the surf and stand there like this and go and put some drops in my ear. And you'd have to, it's said on the packet, for 60 seconds, you've got to remain like that. 
Yeah, good surf. Yeah, it's pumping out there. Yeah, it's pumping. So that was me until I get called down the front. I get prayed for, and not a single thing has happened since. No discomfort, no water stuck in there, no drops needed any longer. And I just love how God moves. And it's like we just heard before, you've got to sit in, you've got to sit in these environments. Go to things like this. Let God be God. Let him move on your world. And when there's, a, when there's an atmosphere of healing, whether it's this afternoon at 12 o'clock for 30 minutes or we get to the, the event here in a few weeks, get in those environments because God does something. God does something. And I, uh, we've just been away at this conference and praise the Lord it was near the ocean and I surfed a lot. And man, feeling good. No problem whatsoever. Swimmer's ear does not exist in Hartley's ear any longer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, here we are on this beautiful morning, and it's uh, great to have you on church with us. And uh, today we're going to be speaking about a few things about, uh, about God, particularly around these things, about the relationship that He longs to have with us, but also aware that He is so interested in our connection and our relationship with others. And those things are just really uh, important and uh, if you've got your Bibles here today, we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, and it says this, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Reconciliation. In the message version, the verse 18 says, All this comes from God, who settled the relationship between us and Him, and then called us to settle our relationships with each other's. I love that God is not about pointing the finger at us. He's not about... Do you know how bad you are? Do you know what you've done? Do you know the pain you've caused? That is not the God that we serve in this house. Our God is a loving God. Our God is the God that wants us to come as we are, fully accepts us, and totally, totally reconciles us. If we would just come to Him in the right place, He can totally set us on a great path. And what I love about it, it's not just for us to receive from Him and then start, you know, just living a certain way. We can take on this way that God does it to us and we can bring it to others. That is us living how Christ would like us to live in the world. This free grace of God greatly appears around these scriptures and it's beautiful that God the Father sets this work of reconciliation He sets it on foot, and then Christ has brought it about. And then us, as carriers of the gospel, then go out and publish it to the world. We publish this good news. We've received so we can give. We can have it in our lives, and we can put it over onto other people's lives. This beautiful thing that we are ourselves reconciled to the Father. And we live in a world with so many broken relationships. And it's really sad. So often it's between husband and wife, parents and children, often fathers and children, often fathers and sons. And it is so sad 
and it is so heartbreaking. And it is all around the earth today. But today, we are believing in this place that some lost relationships are going to be recovered. Can we believe that? Can we give the Lord a round of applause? Because that's what I believe He wants to do in this place today. He wants to restore some things, restore some relationships that today would find some healing, some forgiveness, some reconciliation. And the great thing is God has given us both the pathway and the power to do this. God has set it up so that we can do this in our lives and to those around us. We can carry this peace because God wants us to live with peace. Pastor Nat mentioned it right at the top end of the service, the Father of peace. And see, when you walk in the ways that he is destined for us to walk, there is a peace that we get to walk in. There is a peace that we bring in the circumstances and situations with our families and our friends because we've received it from God and then we can go and put it out there onto other people. And I love the Word of God because, can I just encourage us, never just think, oh, that's just, you know, it's something written a long time ago. It's got no relevance for today. Man, boy, does this thing have some relevance. Does this thing have some hope? This is the story of salvation to the world. This is the story of to help us in our lives. That's what I love about the Word of God. There are things in here that if we will follow, they are the way to a great life. They are the way to live your best life. And it's just full in there. It's all over there. Verse after verse after verse that help us change our mind, transform our heart, tell us how to react sometimes. Don't go to the world to know how to react in an argument or a tough situation. Where do we go? We go to the Word of God. It's there for us. Verses like this in Proverbs 79, He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates his friends. What a great bit of advice for life, for our family, for relationships that we're all in. When someone has done wrong, we need to cover their wrong. Rather than exposing it, reminding them of it, if we remind people of every time they fail and all of their sins, we will actually separate ourselves from them. That'll put a divide in that relationships. There's a lot of times people feel bad enough about what they've done. They don't need reminding from us. They need love and acceptance. They need a covering from us. We cover what they've done wrong. Because this is exactly, exactly what God has done for us. It is exactly what He has done. He covers our sins. He forgives our sins. He lets go of our sins. He throws them in the lake of the forgetfulness. He doesn't hold them against us any longer when we come to Him. What a great way that He has shown us. And we are to do that to others. This is 101 for amazing relationships. Amazing relationships. If we would truly walk in the way that He wants us to walk, covering them, covering them. Because we know life is impossible to go through without trials and without problems with relationships. It's impossible we all hit them. We all face them. You can't get through life without them. But it's up to us how we respond. It's up to us, to us personally, how we will, we will go back in these circumstances, in these hard situations. Will we do it the God's way or will we do it our own way, in our own flesh and make a mess of it? I think we should do it God's way. 
Go to Him for help. Go to Him for guidance, helping Him to take us through because He's there for us to help us. He's there for us to help us to see relationships restored and healed. In Matthew 5.48, we read this. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We can read that as Christians and go, whoa, how in the world are we meant to do that? How in the world are we meant? I can't do that. Can't even go near that. That's right. That's right. But if you go in and study this, what it's really saying is that we have the ability to repair and adjust. Kind of like, you know, if my nine-year-old gets in maybe an argument at school, she goes back the next day and she she speaks to the, the, the girl that she had the argument with and they kind of, you know, talk things out and they both say sorry and they say, let's move on from this. And if my daughter was to come home and say, hey, Dad, I know I came home sad yesterday, but I went to school today and I sat down with Camilla, my friend, and we, we talked it out and we actually both said sorry and uh, we said we'll move on. My response to that would just be, sweetheart, that's just perfect. That's perfect. It's a perfect response. It's godly. It's going to help you in that relationship. And we can all do that with God's help. Not being perfect, but that, being able to repair and adjust. I love it because that verse is really saying God knows we're going to make mistakes. But he'll give us the ability, the ability and help us to repair and to adjust. Because relationships, we don't have these two elements of forgiveness and an apology. I'll tell you what, most relationships in our world are going to go down a pretty poor pathway. Because there's just struggles out there we will all hit. There'll be situations that we'll come against and there'll be stress and there'll be pressure. And if we don't carry those things, forgiveness and being able to say sorry with us, relationships don't stand a very good chance of being healthy and strong the way God would want them to be. But if we can carry them in our heart, the ability to say sorry, the ability to forgive, that's when Jesus can call it perfect. We don't bind someone's sin to them. We forgive. If we don't forgive, that sin is bound to them. We forgive. We let go. We forgive. We let go. It's what we do. Because the devil would love to operate in that bad atmosphere of unforgiveness because that's kind of where he dwells. That's his domain. That's not God's domain. God does not want to dwell in that place. He does not want to dwell in that place. It's not his, his place he wants to be. He wants us to not have things go to a place of bitterness because that's what happens. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness and all sorts of uh, other related dark attitudes and, and all sorts of lifestyles just dwell in that place. It's not where God wants us to be. Let's be someone who forgives. And it's not always easy. And I've shared before about my personal journey. When I was a young man, things in my household were not good at all. I saw things that no young boy should ever see. But it happened to me. It happened in my household. And I was faced with a massive challenge in life as I pretty much got torn away from my father. And I spent three years of my life, no contact, no phone call, didn't see him. My relationship with my father laid in tatters for three years as a young teenager. Three years without a dad. And the day came where I had to go to a place of forgiving my dad. 
to actually say to him, Dad, I forgive you. And can I say it wasn't easy, it was difficult, but oh, how grateful I am for the house of God and for the people God will put around you to help you face the biggest challenges in life, to enable you to go there and do it. And I am just so grateful, so grateful that that happened. And now I have a great relationship with my dad. He's got a great relationship with my, uh, with my family and things are good. But for three years, there was nothing there. There was no relationships. We were pretty much cut off. But I had to learn to stand by what God says for me to do. And the thing is, it wasn't like he apologized and then I, oh, now I forgive. I had to forgive without the apology. The apology took 12 years. And a lot of that is, I don't think that was his heart to take that long. It's just my dad with words. It's not his, not his strong point. It's not his strong point. I sent him a text today. Happy Father's Day. I love you, Dad. And, uh, and I think his response was, uh, uh, yeah, um, yes, same, back to you or something. There wasn't a, yes, son, I love you. It's just, there's a few things my dad struggles to get out even over a text message. But I know he loves me. I know he loves my family. But uh, I didn't like wait because that's not the deal. You don't wait. You forgive. And if you've wronged, you say sorry. It's, it's you take what you can do. You take and you take it on board. You take the responsibility and you do what you can do. And my heart would be today, if you're here and there's a, there's a broken, strained relationship somewhere in your world, my heart today is today is the day of action. That you put something into place today to turn that thing around. I would say one of the absolute highlights ever of me being a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ was one day when I preached to a small crowd at our old Saturday night service in Padstow that's now a, a roaring Sunday morning service in Bankstown and I, I shared around forgiveness. And at the end of that preach, there was a young man in that room that day and he walked outside on that day and he rang his father. The relationship had been in tatters, but he took the thing onto his own shoulders and he went and made a phone call. And I found out about this a few weeks later of how big a deal that was. This relationship was snapped off. It was in shatters. And do you know what, church? It was a matter of months later that that boy's father laid on his deathbed. And I can't tell you, I can't tell you how joyful my heart was that a young man took the bold, courageous thing to start restoring that. So for the last few months of his father's life on this earth, he had a relationship with his son. Because sometimes we never know. We never know when someone's time is up. Don't leave a scurry of relationships out there in tatters. Restore them. Repair them. Ask God for all the help you need. Write the hard letter. Make the hard phone call. Do the coffee before them. Forgive or say the sorry. It's so important. It is so critical and so important because the enemy would love to have relationships just in tatters everywhere. That is a ploy of the enemy to destroy families, to destroy marriages, to see people separated from each other. But it's not a way of God. It's not a way of the kingdom. And sometimes we've got to stand up and fight and take things on board and heal and see things restored in Jesus' name. We can do it, and it is worth every time we do it. Let's say amen to God, because it's so powerful. Restoring relationships.
And I know for some of you, it just feels like it would just be the hardest thing on the planet to forgive maybe for something you've gone through. Ask God for help. See, all the verses in the Bible about forgiveness, they don't have like a bracket saying, except in this circumstance, except in this situation, unless this has happened to you. No, it's just forgive. It's forgive. It's forgive. It's there time and time and time again. In Mark eleven twenty five, 25, in the Amplified, it says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop. Leave it. Let it go in order that your Father who is in heaven, may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Let's be people who forgive. Let's be people who do this. Go to God for the help that you need. You can't always control what's happened to you, but you can control the response. You can control the response. I love how forgiveness is talked about. It's, you know, it's meaning is to, is to let go, to loose, to let free. And let's be good at doing that. I mean, if you fish here, there's a lot of people, you know, some of the, the big high-end guys in fishing out there, they, uh, they do something called catch and release. Who's heard of catch and release? That's where sometimes they go and catch a fish and for some reason or another, they let that fish go. It might be that, you know, they've got the photo and they know these fishes, there's not a lot of them out there and they're hard to catch and they're like, let's let it live another day so someone else can catch it. It might be like, I love uh, trying to catch big flathead, I'm yet to, to land the whopper, but... If you land one over 70 centimetres and someone sees you put it in the car, you'll probably get some dirty looks from other fishermen because they're the females, they're the ones that can reproduce and they're the ones that can and see more flathead out there. And sometimes there's this thing of catch and release. But what do they do? They release it back into the ocean. They don't take it home and going, oh, I'm doing catch and release, but I'm popping it in the fish tank at home because if I ever have to go back and get it, when you release someone... When you set someone free, you don't put it in a place where you can go back in the argument and get the thing again because you know it's a weapon and you know it's going to help you win the argument. You let it go. You release it. You never bring it up again. It's forgiven. It's let go of. That's the way God does it to us, and that's how he wants us to do it to others. Truly letting the thing go, releasing it, setting it free. Don't bring it up again. It's gone. Forgive and let go. Let's be people like that. Let's follow that way that God does it to us and do it to other people. Everyone say, catch and release. Remember, catch and release. And forgiving makes us bigger people, doesn't it? Forgiving makes us bigger people. There's no doubt about it. It makes us bigger people. And in life, you know, I just love how accepting God is. I just love it. I just think, no matter how far away, even today, you may be from God, He is there, loving Father, ready to embrace, ready to take you back. doesn't matter what you've done last night, what you did last week, what you've been doing for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. He is always ready to take you back. I love the uh, story of the prodigal son. And uh, if you want to get a really good insight into just God, I think this is one of the greatest stories in the Bible about the son who turns to his father well before he should have, said, hey, I want my inheritance now. Pretty much back then, that's pretty much disowning his father in the culture of that day. He receives his inheritance, he goes off and he lives a wild life, but it all starts going downhill, which is often the way for someone who lives carelessly like that. 
And the day comes where he decides to come back, to come back to the home. He's like thinking, even if I just eat what the pigs are eating, it'd be probably better than being hungry like I am right now. He gets desperate. But you see, he comes back with the right attitude. He just comes back with that attitude of, I'm sorry. That's all we've got to do in life. If you're here today and you're, you're far from God, it's just coming back. God's there waiting, loving Father, ready to embrace a sorry. A sorry is all it is. He'll come running for you, ready to embrace, just like we read in that beautiful song, ready to embrace. Because that story, story, it starts off with rebellion and ruin, but then it goes to repentance, reconciliation, and restoration. That's where it goes to. What a great story. What a great story, and that is just how God works, and I love it. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have just lived a life where we're, you know, obeying everything and not making mistakes. At any time, any place, we can come back to the Father, and the loving Father is there for each and every one of us, each and every one of us. He is there. He is there, and I love it. And he wants us back. At the start there, I read that 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19, and even verse 19 there, it says that this, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, verse 20. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is the highest thing we need to make sure we have right in life. The highest thing is to go to God to make sure we're reconciled, we're set free, we're before Him. What we're going to do right now on this beautiful Father's Day is we have a family in this church. They're at a wedding this morning, but the family, they're the Sabbat family. And many years ago, Nick Sabbat, the father, was not living for the Lord And one day, he does something that changes everything and changes the course of his family. We're going to watch a video on this right now. If you could spin that, that'd be great. Yeah. Ron had been going to church for probably about seven years uh, before I decided to come along. She'd always asked me, never forced me. And this one day, one morning, she said, would you like to go to church? And I said, yes. But inside, I was at a breaking point. I was ready to give life away. Um, it just wasn't worth living anymore the way I was feeling. Um, and then I went to church and it was just amazing. Um, being there, I felt awkward because they were different types of people worshipping God to what I was used to. But I do recall um, me feeling like I was on show, like Rhonda's told him everything about me because it was like my life that he was you know, describing up there. And when he invited people to come to Christ, it was just like, I was the one, it was just for me, and I was just drawn out to the front. Yeah, well, before coming to know Christ, um, this was the type of dad I was. I had no responsibilities at home. As long as I had food on the table, everything was okay. All the responsibilities were passed on to my wife. But when I came to Christ, it was kind of like there was a big turn. It was like I was now the leader of the home. I needed to take those responsibilities on. It wasn't just about being a dad, it was about nurturing and discipling my children, helping with God and loving and respecting my life. I think growing up, um, I know definitely for me, dad was always the hero. You know what I mean? 
always fixed everything, took us everywhere. But, you know, we could never disappoint him. You know what I mean? And when we did, it was like he would pick us back up. I could, there's nothing I can say to make him like love me any less and like he's always just supportive of whatever I want. It's not like I wouldn't do this, so I don't want my son doing it. He's always just been like accepting of whatever all of us, all of us want. Like for Brittany, it's, a, it's her horses. For Brad, it's his music. For me, it's my filming stuff. He's just always supporting and stuff. Look, I think that my biggest fear would be to disappoint my dad. And I remember the one time when I thought I did, it was a car accident, guys, it was a good time. Um, and I remember I had to make the phone call to tell him what had just happened. And he was like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. He was like, okay, I'll see you when you get home. And like, that was the end of the conversation. It was no like, what did you do? Like, he's, the qualities that he has is that, like, he always surprises you with his reactions. He doesn't, um, he always, like, his love is unconditional in that sense. Like, he's always there for you. He always picks you up. He always, like, carries you. He sees when, like, what you cherish and he cherishes it with you. Just seeing him pray every morning, hearing him pray every morning, um, read the word. Uh, he just sets a real example in the house. Um, you know, dragging us to church every Sunday as kids has really, you know, solidified something, I think, within all of us. Yeah, always feel safe in him, even when he drives. I'm pretty spot on. It's a quality. It's hard when you're the favourite child. <laughs> Let's give it up for the Sabat family. Wow, wow, wow. But see, that family was transformed because a man made a decision. Like he said in there to come to Christ. And there is no greater rock to stand on in life than to make that decision, to come to Jesus Christ. And we're now seeing such fruit out of that family because of a decision. Like, uh, like Mick said, he just said, you know, when the chance was there, he was down the front. What did he mean by he was down the front? That was his chance to, to come and accept Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. And that's where it's all is. It's about being in him. It's about, no matter what life is thrown at us, making sure that we're always coming back to making sure that us in our lives are there and we're fully, 100% settled on following Jesus Christ. See, Christianity is not just a, a, a Sunday morning whenever we can make it. Christianity is living for Jesus Christ. He's actually saying he is Jesus and he is Lord of my life. And it's decisions like that that set us up to live the most incredible life. Mick did it one day as he said he was a young man, as a, a young father. I did it when I was 12. I laid down next to my bed in the middle of the night and I said the prayer. It's a prayer that asked Jesus to come into my life. It's the prayer that I said that asked Jesus to come and forgive me of my sins because of Jesus. And I stand here today for the glory of God because a young boy made a decision. And there's stories all over this place of people that have said yes, 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 yes to Jesus. And for some of you here today, it might be something that you've said once before, but you know in your heart of hearts, you've just slipped away. I can't think of a better day 
to come to the Father than on Father's Day 2015. Seize this day. Today is the day where you can have things in your life made right. As I said, He is a loving Father. He is a loving Father. And as the band come up right now, I want to remind us that He is that loving Father that is there to accept us. He's there to accept us. It doesn't matter what we've gone through in the past. He is there to take us in, to take us in, our great God, our great Savior, to be reconciled, to be made right. What a glorious thing that is. What a glorious thing that is. And you might be invited here today. Maybe you're a father and you've brought your son and you're a son and you're here today.